review your life insurance. This is a really big one. You got to make sure that you have the proper coverage. All too often, I hear people, oh, I have life insurance through my job, so I'm good. That's because you have life insurance does not mean you're good. You have to make sure it solves the problem, right? If you were to die, hypothetically, and heaven forbid, you want to make sure that you have an amount that's going to sustain your family on your early demise. So make sure you have the right amount. And for a lot of times, a lot of people that are mid-career professionals, you need millions of dollars of insurance. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the Free Retiree Show, the show for lovers of career and finance. I'm your host, Wolf Manager, Lee Mockamurphy, and I'm alongside my pal, Sergio Patterson. What is up, everyone? Welcome in, everybody. We're going to be talking about how to give yourself a financial checkup. Believe it or not, Serge, we're halfway through the year. Does it feel like we're halfway through the year? No, that's insane. I didn't realize that. It's, yeah, I was thinking about the other day. Oh, my gosh, we are halfway through 2023. It seems we just started, but really. We just started. Yeah. It's, we're halfway there. And so this this is the time to give yourself a financial checkup and just see how everything's going. So for today's episode, I thought I'd give you guys a quick list of things that you should check. Things that might go under the radar that we neglect, but are super important to glance at every now and then. And I thought with all the stuff that's happening in the news, we're hearing about the layoff, the banks, the regional banks are having issues. Yep. It just reminded me like, all right, this is a good time to make sure that you're good before the proverbial shit hits the fan. Yeah. Or no, better put, before winter comes. Winter's before coming. winter comes. Before winter comes. Exactly. Obviously, there's always times when you should do a major financial checkup. Married, you got divorced, birth of a child, death. Those are things that obvious. You got to look, you got to take a look at everything and see how everything's going. But today I'm just going to focus on just maybe a annual, a semi-annual a checkup and just see how everything's going. Serge, I'll start off asking you, what do you guys normally do? When you're thinking about, all right, let's just see how our financial situation is going. What are you and the missus talking about? I think for us, we typically will review our credit card debt and see if we've been maintaining how we're doing. Because I think it's easy to, after Christmas, you got holidays and then we have my daughter's birthdays in January, Kimberly's in January. We have all the stuff throughout the year right? There's travel. And I think sometimes as people, you forget when things start adding up in terms of spending. So we usually have that come to Jesus moment, like, Hey, we've been spending too much because we've had all these things and we need to like buckle down. So we look at like credit card. We look at how often we're going out to eat. We probably need to do this more, but it usually takes, Oh shit. We've been spending hundreds of dollars every couple of days just eating or like buying the kids something, or we spent way too much on a birthday thing or whatever. Mm -hmm. So we usually wait too long. It, it is like, builds easy up. to get behind with all the things that life throws at you. So yeah, I'm in the same boat. I get there as well. Right now it's in the summertime. My wife and I, we don't do a lot of traveling that much during the year and we haven't in recent years, but now we're trying to make up for it. COVID is done. Yep. Had some events happen in our lives over the last six months. And we're thinking, ah, we need to do more travel. We need to have more of those experiences. But as summer comes around, you start booking these vacations. You're really not thinking about the implications of these decisions, right? Just thinking... Ooh, Serge, you're probably thinking, yeah, going to Pismo, Mexico. That, we're, we're, we'll be in Mexico in three weeks. That you, uh, hey, I'm not mad. Do you have matching speedos or did I get that wrong? Only on uh, Tuesdays. On Tuesday, of course. It's easy to get carried away with uh, these lavish vacations. Not for me anyway, but for my wife. My wife <laughs> <laughs> it's not to her. We've been taking many lavish vacations, but we got to find a happy medium or end up divorced. You guys deserve I have it. To you're headed to New York, right? Yes. 
Thomas McCordy will be headed off to New York, but we got a Texas trip planned in there. Maybe Mexico at some point. Maybe a little Mexico. Going to Spain right at the end of summer. So we got some vacation due and it's gonna be expensive. So we gotta tally up all the dollar signs and see where we're at. So first tip, and you've heard this one a lot from me, Serge. What do you think it is? What do I think the first tip is? Emergency fund? Oh, you are killer, my friend. Killer. Emergency fund. Yes. Three to six months. How many podcasts? We've done 200 podcasts. Yeah, it's gonna sink sink in eventually. It's finally happening. He has fought me on this mentally, physically. He's fought me on these (laughs) ideologies, but now he's realizing it. Three to six months of your expenses in cash. We want to get technical. We're going three months for dual income households, or you have a second source of income if you're in a single household. And then for people that are on their own or just one income, you go six months. So mm-hmm. that's where it should be. And preferably, if you got that money sitting in cash, use CDs, right? CDs are one of the only really good things in this environment over the last year. Stocks haven't been so great. Bonds have been terrible. But CDs offer something to do with your cash. Don't act like they're the answer. Don't get too much. Oh, I got to put all my money in a CD. That's not smart. But it is a good place to park this cash. Is that because it earns at a better, it's not as aggressive or risky? It's really minimal risk of anything because you're just basically giving your money to the bank, putting in a CD, and they're going to give you pretty much a guaranteed interest rate. Obviously, when you do your CDs, apply FDIC insurance and make sure you're not going over 250000 because after that, you're on the hook if something goes wrong. But CDs under that amount, not a bad idea to park some of your cash there, right? But don't get nice. too much. The big mistake we're seeing now is all these people that have tons of cash are like, oh, I'm just going to go all CDs, right? And that's not how you're really going to make your money at the end of the day. It's better than nothing, but stocks and real estate, that's where we want to make our ROI. So tip number two, kind of alluded to this, reduce high cash. This is one of those things that a lot of people fall into, especially people that are in retirement. They think, oh, this high cash feels nice. It's nice to see all that cash. But as I've said before, inflation is real. It is always happening. It's the silent killer to your wealth. And it is very real, but it's Hmm. very easy to overlook inflation because it's not making the news headlines. It kills you slowly. So it can give you a false sense of comfort having this money in cash. So check your high cash amount. If you have over that six months or three months, depending on your situation, really take a good look at yourself and say, do I really need to keep that high cash amount? If you're in retirement though, retirement's a little bit different. Having a year or two years in cash for those that are doing really, I'm okay with, right? So it all depends on the situation. Situation. Got it. Tip number three, retirement savings. So for this one, this is a huge mistake that I see a lot of people make, not funding their retirement, not utilizing the benefits of their employer. Make sure you go to your company and see what sort of benefit they offer you. Do they offer you a match? If you are not taking advantage of that, you are stupid because that is free money. Free money is nice, right? Sir, you can agree with me on that, right? Free money is nice. Yes. But I don't, you're not stupid though. Listener, don't stop listening because Lee just called you stupid. You're stupid. Make <laughs> sure if you are not taking Take advantage of that match that's there. Do it. That's free money. There's no excuse not to do it. <laughs> Giving your PG. So on the flip side, what if someone says, Lee, I need all that bring home money to cover my expenses. I can't match it. Then what reduce do you, do you your dang them? expenses. You're saying like, oh, if I can't, I don't have any money to save. 
hey, get another job, work a little bit harder to take advantage of that match. That's free money. There's no excuse for it. You got to, yes, maybe. We're getting Lee after dark right now. I know, I know. <laughs> You're getting me at the end of the day where I'm less censored. This is not good for anybody, but I feel very strongly about this. You need to make sure that you're taking advantage of that match. That is free money. No negotiation right. here, sir. We're good. I got it. And if we want to get really picky, I always tell people that are in accumulation phase, the ballpark is right around 20% of the money mm. that we make that we should try to save. I know that's a tall task for many of us, but at a bare minimum, try to aim for 10% of the money you make that you're saving it. That's really how you're going to get ahead. And if you can't do that, go pick up a side hustle, pick up another job. There's multiple ways now for us to earn income. And if you want to give yourself the excuses of, well, I'm just so busy and I don't want to, that's fine. But just realize that there are solutions out there, right? It all comes 100%. down to if we want to pick up that side hustle. So, Serge, I just learned I'm involved with soccer coaching. Yeah. What do you think they're giving people that go and get a soccer license and go do refing? By the way, you can do this in two days. Get your refing license for soccer. What do you think the going rate is for an AR, Assistant a sideline ref. referee per game, per game, hundred bucks. Sideline, sixty bucks. Sixty bucks, okay. But the center gets hundred bucks. Hundred bucks a game. So it's a hundred bucks for what a ninety-minute game? Yeah, a lot, but I think like less than ninety minutes. I think if you're doing a full ninety minute, you probably get a little bit more. But it's that's just my good. little example. Of if you feel like, hey, you can't make some money, look at being a ref for a local sports league. That actually you, might be fun, anyways. I might. Yeah, it. you can have fun with it. But there's all kinds of cool hobbies out there. On to the fourth one. Sabotage uh, your team. You would do that. <laughs> I want his team. <laughs> you're gonna eject me. I know you would. What a jerk. All right. So fourth budget review and pay off the debts. Remember, we have all these fancy softwares through our banks, budgeting software. That stuff can give you a false sense of accomplishment unless you really print everything out, go through the numbers. That's why I'm a big fan of pencil and paper, writing everything down for what you spent, writing yep. everything down, what you plan on spending next month. I think that's really important. And think about what you can cut out, right? I think looking at regular monthly costs that have been there for a while that are no longer relevant. Annual costs, those ones creep up. You might not remember them, but if you go back through your past statements, you'll probably see things that are annual that are reoccurring. I actually just did this recently with my monthly and annual expenses. And I literally probably cut out around $500 in terms of expenses. Oh, wow. It was really quick. I just Some of those through. reoccurring subscriptions, I think are killing us right now. They are. And the sneaky, like the monthly ones are sneaky, but man, the annual ones, those are really sneaky because they get you just one time a year and you don't realize, and it's generally a big amount. But what I've been doing is I just print off all my statements. I look at all the transactions for the bank. It's because it's really easy. It's line items when you put it into an Excel spreadsheet and it's really easy just to glance through everything and see what's there. And you might look through a couple pages and you're like, aha, that thing. I forgot about that. Advice here, go to your online banking, go to the transaction tab, put it into an Excel spreadsheet and just take a quick look. It takes a few minutes, but it'll really tell huh. a lot about what's coming up and uh, things that you can cut out. I should have asked this at the beginning, but how often do you think the regular person or couple should be doing a financial checkup? I would say semi-annually is good, right? Go through deep dive, sit down, get some nice coffee in the morning and do a semi-annual checkup on everything, right? Just plan it out. It can be more frequent than that and there's no harm in that. But I think at the bare minimum, doing it every six months, a little deep dive between you and your partner is advantageous. Going on to the debt portion, make sure that you are cutting out the high interest credit card debt because that's what's going to kill you. There's no real reason to have high balances on those credit cards. So try to get rid of those as soon as possible. Put into play a survival fund if you're starting off. So you're mm -hmm. starting off and you're like, man, I'm starting from ground zero. What do I do? Try to get one month. I'm talking about the emergency fund and Serge will say, ah, it's a tall order. At least do what I call a survival fund and get one month of your expenses sitting in the bank. And then 
start okay. tackling the debt. You don't need to get that emergency fund right off the bat. I'd say if you got some debt problems, start one month of regular expenses in the bank and then tackle your debt as hard as you can, right? And the two different methods that you can use, there's the snowball method and then there's the avalanche method. And Serge, have I brought this up with you before on the two? Not on the podcast, but I think we've talked about it before. So for those I've heard of the aware, snowball, not the avalanche. Yeah, so basically the snowball is you're going to basically look at all the debts that you have and you're going to take the smallest one. You're going to have a fixed dollar amount every month, as much as you can put aside every month on a regular basis. And you're going to tackle the smallest debt first. And then you're going to move on once that one's done to the next debt that's larger in amount, right? Mm -hmm. Eventually it snowballs and you get rid of them. And it's a pretty effective way to get rid of your debts. Where people go wrong is they might have three debts outstanding and they say, I'm paying a little of this. And that method works against you because it's just not strategic. So you want to tackle the smallest one and go to the largest one. Avalanche method is basically you take the one with the highest interest amount and you yeah. just tackle that one and then work your way down. Yeah. To each throne, probably the most effective psychologically is the snowball method because you see progress. Mathematically, when we calculate it out, the one with the higher interest, tackling it that way is going to make the most sense. That makes uh, sense. Next one, check your credit report. That is something that a lot of people don't do and little things can creep up on us. Little thing about what I just went through, I got a bill when I went to urgent care in 2021 and sliced my finger mm. cutting sweet potatoes and I had to go to urgent care. The wife, she didn't want to take me. She thought I was being a baby. She actually shamed me into not going. <laughs> she said, just put a Band-Aid on it. You're going to be fine. I was like, I don't know, babe. I don't feel so good. Just, I was like, blood. I'm like hemorrhaging blood, right? And she's like, you're fine. Stop being a baby. And I was like, <laughs> okay, she's right. I am a baby. And then like hours later, I'm still bleeding like profusely. I finally get her to take me because I complained enough. Because you were about <laughs> to die? <laughs> person's like, the doctor's like, yeah, you hit a capillary and it's really good that you came in. <laughs> I knew I wasn't crazy. And she's like, oh, okay. He's normally a baby. <laughs> so anyways, I got that bill just a couple of days ago. And I almost basically was like, oh, this is a scam. We had some issue with their reporting and I got this bill just a couple of days ago. And I almost thought about, I'm just going to ignore this. Now, mm. if I had done that, because I know I haven't really gone to any urgent care or doctor recently, I could have very well ignored it. That was my first instinct. Just ignore it. Don't click on any links. And then I was like, you know, just to make sure I'm going to try to do some research. So I did a Google search of the company and I was like, oh, that's right down the street. That's weird. And then I found out that it was legit and they yeah. had no idea why I got this late charge. They said, this is weird. We don't know why you're just getting this down. Yeah. But if I hadn't paid it, that would have really messed me up. And stuff like that happens a lot. Think about all the things that you're getting in your email every single day about, oh, this was your recent charge. And it's all scammers, right? But every now and then something sneaks through. Through. Something and, legit. And that's why it's really good to do your credit check. You can go to annualcreditreports.com. There's plenty of other places to go, but at least just look at it and see what's going on because you can fix these things a lot of the time. And, you know, if you're trying to make a big purchase, car, house, and you're behind the boat on this, it's going to ruin you, right? It's going to yeah. mess you up at that time. So make sure you're prepared and do those checks. Yeah, there's a lot of consequences if you mess stuff up like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. The sixth one, review your life insurance. This is really big one. You got to make sure that you have the proper coverage. All too often I hear people, oh, I have life insurance through my job, so I'm good. That's because you have life insurance does not mean you're good. You have to make sure it solves the problem, right? If you were to die, hypothetically, and heaven forbid, you want to make sure that you have an amount that's going to sustain your family on your early demise, right? Simple. Yeah. Now, can you do that 
with surge you, you make the big money eh? i just no, you, you command that high dollar no, no. bottom tier client <laughs> but let's just talk about this <laughs> if you were to go simple yes or no is a few hundred thousand going no. you got hit by the bus tomorrow is that gonna solve your family's problem no not with private school tuition and <laughs> car payments and <laughs> that's not that's rent yeah all that stuff is not gonna <laughs> sustain the family so no. you got to make sure you have the right amount and just uh, picturing kimberly just fucking pissed off like working some crazy job <laughs> just stay afloat. so make sure you have the right amount is for a lot of times a lot of people that are mid-career professionals you need millions of dollars of insurance not now not permanent insurance and that's where a lot of the life insurance and financial industry tells you oh buy permanent why rent when you can own that's just a stupid sales tactic most of the time you want to make sure you have the problem covered and that yeah. means I, high I amounts of say term that insurance if, if you're in a if you're at a good tech company they have some pretty cool options like i think the basic one isn't great but you can get six times your annual salary you can get mm -hmm. like 10 times like you can pay pay more to get better coverage through your employer. Yes, there are some good ones that are out there. I'll just say, make sure it's also transferable. A lot of times these coverages that you can get might not be able to transfer after you leave the place of work. Oh, that's interesting. So think about that. And that's why I always think that people with families or they have a loved one that relies on them, it's important to have some form of term insurance that isn't going to go away if they leave that job. And the next job they go to might be one times your salary or two times. Mm -hmm. It might not be that good. So it's good to have a little bit. A good uh, so for most people that are mid-career professionals, you're probably going to need hundreds of thousands, not millions to sustain your family. But if you buy term insurance, it's generally not too bad. Right. And try to get it sooner than later because you might come down with an illness or sickness and not be insurable. So get it and hopefully you get it for a good price and it's going to be there to protect you and your family. Review disability coverage, health insurance, umbrella policy is important as well for people because it's protecting yourself from potential legal lawsuits. You got attorneys like Matt McElroy that might sue you. Got to protect yourself. Speaking so, of Matt, have you checked your text, Lee? No, but we're not letting him <laughs> on right now just because. But we'll let him on for the next episode. <laughs> but make sure you do a review of that. And finally, your estate plan. Now, it's never too late for an estate plan. We've had multiple people on our podcast, Right Surge, that tell us about the importance of it. You might yeah. think, I'm too young, not ready to die yet. But if you're making money, an estate plan is something that is important. So don't let yourself think that having a will and trust is something you put on the back burner when you die. You got to get that figured out now, yeah. right? It's on my to-do list. Yeah, it's something we always put on the to-do list, but it's something that's necessary, right? Because your family, the last thing they need if you make an early departure is trying to go through probate and all these other terrible things that's going to cost them more money and give them less access to the money that they deserve. Agreed. Make sure you do that. Hopefully this was helpful, everybody. Make sure you like our show and share us. We really appreciate all the love and support that you give us. You've been listening to the Free Retiree Show. So long for now. Securities offered through Securities America Advisors, Inc. Member FINRA, www.finra.org. SIPC, www.sipc.org, a separate entity. Lee Michael Murphy is licensed with the California Department of Insurance, license 0H18660. Lee Michael Murphy is an investment advisor representative with Securities American Advisors, a registered investment advisor. The Free Retiree, Securities American Advisors, and Securities American Incorporated are separate entities. Career advisor Sergio Patterson, attorney Matt McElroy are not affiliated with Securities American Advisors or Securities America Incorporated. Securities America Advisors, Securities America Incorporated, and its representatives do not provide tax or legal advice. Therefore, it's important to coordinate with your tax or legal advisor regarding your specific situation. Third-party sourced 
information or comments are not verified, may not be accurate, and are not necessarily representative of all client or audience experience. All or portion of this event was paid by a third party. The opinions of career advisor Sergio Patterson do not reflect the opinions of Airbnb Inc. The opinions of attorney Matt McElroy do not reflect the opinions of Castaneda and company.